Life Audio. Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, I wanted to revisit the doctrine of salvation, the doctrine of salvation. And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I know in my experience inside the church, uh, we use the word salvation loosely uh, or the word saved. I'm saved. I'm highly favored. Um, we equate it with being a Christian, uh, which should be the case, and we just use it liberally. And the question I have is, can we explain what salvation is. Can we explain what salvation is? How do we get to God? When we die, where do we go? Does purgatory exist? Are we annihilated after death or are we asleep during death? What is sin? Is reality real? Are there multiple heavens? These are all questions that are often conflated with the doctrine of salvation. Today, there are many definitions for the term salvation. Uh, Some proclaim it is based on spiritual gifts, meaning if you don't manifest the gifts, then you're not saved. Others proclaim it is based on good works, meaning you have to work out your salvation. You have to work for it. Uh, You have to do something in order to be saved. Uh, With so many views concerning salvation, it's no wonder that the world is often confused by what we're saying as Christians. So in order to properly deal with the topic of salvation, we must first define some of the terms. 
Scripture tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. Sin, according to the Bible, is falling short of God's standard through disobedience. The most simple way that I can uh, describe salvation is what we often use with the children's ministry when we're trying to illustrate what salvation is about. We have a man on one side, and we have a chasm in the middle, and then on the right side is God. So that chasm in the middle is due to sin. We've been separated from God due to our sin. Uh, Few people like to talk about uh, sin anymore. Um, Many uh, ministers avoid the term sin. They avoid the term hell uh, because they're trying to uh, appease the audience and appease the culture. But God still sees sin as a problem. He still sees sin as um, a bondage. And if we ignore sin, then the devil has his way because the devil is not somewhere sleeping. He's active. He's in our homes. He's uh, at our jobs. He's at the grocery store. He's everywhere. He, he, he has demons working on his behalf. So we need power to, uh, to um, rebel against the devil. And the power doesn't come from our own prowess. It has to come from a holy God. And because we know God, because we feel with the spirit, we're able to resist his wiles. So it's important that uh, we look at Jesus as uh, the way, as he says, as the truth, as the life. John 14 and 6. So if we follow and do it Jesus his way, then not only do we attain salvation, but we also attain the power that comes with knowing him. So sin is falling short of God's standards. The remedy for sin, that's the question, the remedy for sin. How, how, how do we get rid of this sin problem in terms of uh, being able to control it? How, how, can we control sin? And where does this power come from? It comes from God. And we lean unto God. We, we tap into his power in order to gain strength to uh, override sin. See, that's the misunderstanding that I believe a lot of uh, Christians have is they believe that once they accepted the Holy Ghost, once they accepted Jesus Christ, that sin evaporated. No, your natural man, according to Paul, your natural man or natural woman he or she is still there. He or she is still there. The Holy Ghost, uh, the Spirit of God, takes up residence, a residency inside of us. And the more we read the Bible, the more we study, the more we actualize what God is telling us through his word, we, the more strength we gain, the more we grow, the more wisdom we obtain. So what's happening is you're feeding the, uh, the spiritual side, the new nature, you're feeding it more and more to the point where you now have strength to live out your holiness. But don't forget that natural man, that secular man or woman 
is still there. This is why, uh, if you were to tell the truth, this is why as a Christian, every now and then, when you haven't been in your word, when you haven't been studying as much, when you haven't been around fellowship as much, you see yourself or you see flashes of the old person coming back up. Because inside of our bodies, according to Paul, there are two natures. There's the old nature and there's the new nature. So the old nature is still there. So if we don't deal with the old nature by feeding the new nature, you find yourself struggling. You find yourself reverting back to some of the habits that you used to have. But if we surrender and we do what we're supposed to do on a daily basis, if we put on the breastplate of righteousness, if we put on the helmet of salvation, if we put on the other spiritual garments that Paul tells the church in Ephesus to do, then we'll find ourselves getting stronger. But sin is a problem. And the only person that can handle sin is Jesus Christ. And knowing him gives us access to the same power that he has on a finite level, even though it's infinite in Christ. So let's not forget that sin is a problem. But for those of us who accept Jesus Christ through faith, we are saved. We are saved. For by grace are you saved through faith. It's the gift of God, lest any man should boast. It is the gift of God. So it's important to uh, remember that sin exists and the only way to deal with it is through Jesus Christ. When one says they are saved, the question then should be, what are you saved from? And what have you been saved to? Let me say it again. When we say we're saved, the question is, what have we been saved from? And what have we been saved to? So salvation signifies that God saved you from something. What did God save you from and what he saved you to? In addition, there are two aspects of salvation one can be, uh, 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 that we need to consider. One can be saved eternally as well as being saved temporally. One of the most prevalent discussions among Christian, uh, Christendom today uh, involves the criteria for salvation. What do we need to do to get saved? That's, that's the other question or another way to reword it. I mentioned a few arguments earlier how, uh, um, that we need to get our arms around this. Scripture tells us that we are saved by grace, through faith, not of work. Uh, it is the gift of God. If this wasn't the case, that, uh, then men could boast if it wasn't the gift of God, but it is. We didn't get up on that cross. Jesus did. Jesus performed all of the work. Now he invites us into his grace. Let us take a break to recognize our sponsors, and we'll be right back. According to Hebrews chapter 4. So remember that. We owe our salvation to Jesus through our faith and us believing in him. Uh, one can be saved eternally as well as being saved temporally. One of the most prevalent discussions, again, is what are we saved from and what have, we, what have we been saved to? So as we look at this topic of salvation, let us consider some things. Number one, 
We are saved by God on the condition of our faith, according to Hebrews 11. We are not saved by our own doing. We cannot work for our salvation. However, once we become a Christian, we work out our salvation. So we don't work to get saved. We work because we are saved. God gifted us with salvation through the atonement. Jesus Christ's uh, performance on the cross is satisfied all of our needs. Number four, if God through Christ had not performed all of the work on the cross, then we could boast. However, he did perfectly atone for all of our sins so that no man can take credit. Some other groups teach that one must work for their salvation, but that view is inconsistent with the scriptures. Now, please keep in mind that bad hermeneutics will lead to false conclusions. Those who teach any doctrine other than salvation through faith are practicing bad hermeneutics. This was the case with Pelagius in the 5th century. He was a monk who denied the salvation by grace alone. Without following the art and science of biblical interpretation, one will always arrive at a false premise. The important thing to remember is if we confessed and have accepted Jesus Christ, we are all brothers and sisters. We cannot lose perspective on the more pressing issue. Can God save? Yes, God can save. We that are born again should be able to agree that the answer is in the affirmative. Yes, God can save. The salvation offered by God is exclusive. It is salvation through Christ alone. That's what makes it exclusive. So that is, in a general sense, what we're talking about when we talk about salvation, when we talk about uh, what that word should mean, being saved. Uh, We hear it all the time. What does it mean in terms of being saved? Now, in relation to the definition of salvation, there are some terms that are associated with salvation. For example, the term justification. That term basically means the guilty has been vindicated. It it, it is a legal term. The guilty has been vindicated, and Jesus Christ uh, paid the cost. Um, If we were to look at it metaphorically, God was offended, and he's offended by sin. And Jesus Christ came down to die for us so we could have a relationship with the Father. Uh, so that we can know who God is and he can reveal to us who we are. So he justified us because we can't come in the presence of a holy God and have sin reigning in our lives. So when God deals with us, he sees the blood offering of Jesus Christ. Instead of seeing us in a sinful manner, God sees us through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what, that's what justifies us. Uh, you can read Psalms 51 and 4, Romans Five and nine. Then the other term uh, that is associated with um, salvation is the term sanctification. Sanctification. This means that we're set aside for a sacred purpose. We're set aside for a sacred purpose. God sees you and I as holy. Even at this moment, if you don't see yourself as holy, We are not excused. God sees you as holy. 
And because he sees us as holy, we need to ask ourselves, what does holiness mean? Holiness simply means that you're set aside for God to use. God sees you as a holy instrument. So now we must acquiesce our will, our prerogative, and incline it to that of God. So if you don't see yourself as a royal priesthood, you should. If you don't see yourself as righteous, you should because we can't attain anything that we don't, we don't put as a standard. So if I don't see myself uh, as an athlete, if I am an athlete, if I don't see myself uh, finishing or crossing the finish line, that makes it more difficult for me to actually accomplish it. If I don't see myself graduating, even when I was in college, it, it, we had rough seasons in college. It was a struggle at times, but I saw myself, I envisioned myself as a college student who could graduate. And because I had that goal, I was able to do the things that was necessary to attain the graduate status level. It's the same thing. If we're going to be followers of Jesus Christ, if we're going to live out our holy standards, you have to see yourself as holy. You have to agree with God that we are holy. Now, this doesn't mean just because we say we're holy, um, that's it, that we're holy by name only. If we think of ourselves as holy, there are adjustments we have to make in our lives. There are adjustments we're going to have to make in our lives because there may be some things we're doing that we know is inconsistent with holiness. So we have to agree with God. God sees us as holy, so we have to step up to the plate. There may be some friends that we have to let go. There may be some places we can no longer visit. There may be some, um, some uh, uh, associates that we have to love from afar. So we have to make adjustments. So please think about that. Sanctification is a remembrance of Leviticus 8, verse 10, verse 1, uh, where for uh, God's people were able to draw the lines around certain things. Uh, Those things that were deemed holy were not used for secular purposes. They were used for God's purpose alone. In Thessalonians 523, same thing. This, aside, this concept of being put aside for God to use. So when something is put aside for God to use, it is deemed holy. It is deemed sanctified. Uh, it, they're synonyms. Holiness and, and sanctification are synonyms. So please remember, when we say we're saved, we are also saying that we've been set apart for God to use. Then there's a term that I hear a lot, and it's biblical. It's redemption. This means that uh, there's a rescue from a debt. There was a debt that we owed, and Jesus paid it all. Just like the old song says, Jesus paid it all, uh, all to him I owe. Sin created a crimson stain. He made me white as snow. So redemption means that there's a rescue from a debt, 1 Corinthians one thirty. Uh, we've been rescued. We owe God something. That's my uh, pastor used to say. We owe God something. And because we owe God something, since God always does his part, it's up to us to do our part. It's up to us to pray more. It's up to us to study more. It's up to us to minister more. It's up to us to share the gospel more. It's up to us to forgive more. 
It's up to us to love more. So it's up to us to reciprocate what God has done from us. If you owed the, um, the judicial system uh, years in, in prison and uh, you're in prison because you couldn't afford uh, the bail and someone comes and paid the whole bail for you and then you're able to be liberated, I would think that you would be grateful for that person for paying your ransom and allowing you to no longer be in jail. In the same way, we owe God something because of our sin, because of our sin nature, uh, where in the Bible it tells us, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. So we've been saved. Jesus ransomed us. So we must be grateful. We must show our gratitude. Uh, we must respond, not just through lip service, but we must respond because of what he did to save us. Uh, kinsman redeemer is another concept I want you all to consider, and it ties in to salvation. Um, Boaz was the kinsman redeemer for uh, Naomi and Ruth, uh, um, and he satisfied all of the requirements for being a kinsman redeemer. In the same way, Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. He satisfied everything. He fulfilled all of the prophecies concerning the Messiah and all of the prophecies uh, concerning himself and what would happen. He fulfilled it all. So he is the Messiah. We don't have to look for another one. He is the Messiah. So if you accept this Messiah, the anointed one, Christos, Yeshua, if you accept him, then you will have the, uh, the ability to know what righteousness looked like. You will have the ability to understand what salvation is all about. So if you've accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you have the truth. You have the way. You have the life. So the criteria for salvation, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10 and 9. You don't need to add anything else to it. There are people that are making salvation more complex than it needs to be. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to tarry for it. You don't have to be baptized by uh, or in a special river. You don't have to do anything outside of what Paul tells us. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth salvation is, is made, uh, a confession is made unto salvation with your mouth. So Paul gives us a criteria for salvation, right? And we need to make sure that we are practicing who gaze, which means healthy and whole in the Greek. It means that you're healthy and whole. And for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, lest any man should boast. So please remember that. Don't let anybody fool you into thinking you work for your salvation. Again, we don't work to get saved because we are already saved. However, we do work because we are already saved. So don't think that you have to work for it like other groups um, uh, there's one group that says you have to, and I'm, I'm not identifying the groups because I want to save that for uh, my 
message on the cults. Uh, but there's one group that says, if your good works outweigh your bad works, then uh, you make it to heaven. And that's, that's, her- that's heretical. That's a heresy. Uh, there's another group that says you're not saved until you baptize with water. Again, that's heresy. Uh, there's another group uh, that says you have to go door to door and work out your salvation in order to be saved. And once you get done, only 104,000 will be able to enter paradise. Again, that's, um, that's heresy. So these are just some information that I thought was prudent to share with everyone as it relates to salvation. God is a good God. Jesus is the perfect uh, candidate to save us. He is the good shepherd. He is Alpha and Omega. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And if you surrender to him, your life will never, ever be the same. You live not just ordinary life, but you live an abundant life. So our time has come to a close. We pray that you learned something from today's episode. Again, we solicit your prayers. And again, we do need your financial support. If you appreciate this show, we ask that you go online and contribute or send us a check. Uh, We're looking for monthly supporters. So if you can just please support us uh, and, and be a partner, then God will have his way in terms of training more Christians to not only understand the teachings of the faith, but to defend it. Remember to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy messages has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. And that's all. This, this is my skyship, Dreamer. My cargo is stories. And our destination, dreams. With Abide Sleep Stories for Kids, you can help your children fall asleep fast and learn about God. To find these kids' bedtime stories, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Stories for Kids. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.